You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. So last week we looked at, you know, the scripture that reminded us, 2 Timothy 1.10, that our Lord Jesus had abolished what? Death. Praise the Lord. He had abolished that. He had made death to mean nothing again. He took the sting out of it and it became toy. Okay? And he brought life and immortality. Actually, I was hoping that I'll begin, you know, for us to look at life. But I just saw that it was too much, you know, to just jump at. So hopefully, um, by the mercy of God and by the leading of his Holy Spirit, and sometime we're going to look at this life so we can grasp it, we can lay hold of it, praise God. And we'll know when we have it, we'll know how we have it, and we'll know how to enjoy it and how to maximize it in the name of Jesus Christ. So he said he brought life and immortality, immortality through the gospel so today what i think we're going to just you know touch a bit as the lord leads us is the gospel which you know immediately when you hear the gospel you just believe you already know what the gospel is isn't it okay so can i have two or three people tell me what the gospel is anybody volunteers okay i should we should get all of them from the new joy force you should be overloaded now what do you presume the gospel is? It says, broad life and immortality through the gospel. So what is the gospel? Anybody? You can help us. Yes, ma'am. On the third day, he rose again and he's alive. Praise the Lord. That the gospel is that Jesus Christ died and was buried. And on the third day, he rose again and he lives forevermore. Praise the Lord. Let's clap for her. Any other person? What is the gospel? What is the gospel? Yes, sir. Good news to mankind. Praise the Lord. Let's clap for him. But stand up again. What is good news to mankind? Sorry? Okay, praise God. We're all doing very well. Okay, I think the final one will be from this class. Yes. Yes, please. Good news, yes. Being reconciled back to God. Praise the Lord. Let's clap for her. Okay, I said the best. I mean, we all got it. You know, the first one was foundational. It is what happened. But when there is good news, then there must, of essence, be bad news. You see, good news means there was something that was happening, and then good news came. Praise God. Okay, let's take it now. They say, at this time when we wrote jam and they said good news jam result has come out and everybody passed now if you didn't write jam will it be good news to you so there had to be something happening before praise god now the good news is that man man was in trouble praise god man was in trouble man was in trouble with his maker Man was in trouble with his environment. Man was in trouble with everything. Man against man, man against animals, man against, you know, the elements, everything. 
and then was still, the Bible says, God was angry with man. Praise the Lord. And that's the way the world was until Jesus Christ came. Praise the Lord. And when Jesus Christ came, he brought life, which is what that passage is saying. He brought life. He abolished death. Man before, the Bible says, the wages of what? Sin was death. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So what was it? Every man was living what? To die. But when Jesus came, he turned it around. He reconciled man to God. He took the sting of death. He paid the price for our sins. And he brought the gift of life. So that he that though you and I do no longer live in enmity with God or with man or with any other person. But we can live in love, in pure relationship, in sweet relationship with God. That is the good news. Praise the Lord somebody. That Jesus Christ came to bring peace. You know, at his bed they sang, you know, um, goodwill and what? Peace to all men. That's the good news. Praise God. So the gospel is the good news of the salvation that came through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to man. Okay? Now, having that understanding and saying it was good news where there was hitherto bad news. Then what happened that it was bad news? Because part of what I know that God wants to communicate to somebody here, and I thank God for the songs that we've sang, is that God is a good God. Let me say God is a good God. You see, God is good. God is indescribably good. God is unquantifiably good. Praise the Lord. You see, God is everything beautiful, everything excellent. Now, the world we live in is not an accurate representation of the goodness of God. And uh, people have problems and issues when they try to interpret God from their experiences of the world. Now, I, I want you to understand something, and we're going to do that by going to the beginning. Are you ready? Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, and we see what begins to happen there. You know, I just want us to get that understanding because part of what I believe we're going to learn in future is that Lord Jesus Christ says, eternal life is the knowledge of God. Praise the Lord. It's the accurate knowledge of God. It makes you a superhero when you know God. Okay, I think it was many years ago. I think it was, I um, can't remember who was sharing, but it, it came out. I think it was Pastor Moody. And he said, how does someone become an engineer? His knowledge of engines. How does someone become a lawyer? It's knowledge of the constitution. You know constitution and then you become what? How does someone become a doctor? It's knowledge of the human body. When you know the human body, your level changes. Praise God. Is it complicated? That's it. How, anything that someone, it's knowledge that transforms. So now when you know God, what happens? You have a title. Praise the Lord. It's as simple as that. You go to school, you're born as a child, a baby, you know, you're crawling as a baby, you know, you go, they teach you, A is for, um, okay, they say it's R, R for apple, you know, B is for balloon and all of that. And then you go from there, you go from there, you get to 10 years, you enter secondary school, 16 years, sorry, you graduate, you enter the university, and then after five years in school, you say, I'm a lawyer. How did you become a lawyer? It was by exposure to the what? 
the constitution to the laws of the land. And when you knew it well enough, it changed your status. When you now stood, you stood as what? No longer a little child that was born. You stood as a lawyer, isn't it? The same way you entered university, maybe at 16, 17, 18, whenever. And after eight years or nine years, depending on how second MB did you, you know, you came out and you became a medical doctor. What changed? You had taken cadaver. You know what is cadaver? Dead body. You had studied it and studied it so you know the way the human body operates. All of a sudden, they will no longer address you as mister. They will address you as what? Doctor. Why? The knowledge you have has changed you. The same way for the Christian. The quality of your Christian life is going to be determined by your knowledge of God. Somebody say, I want to know you, Lord. I want to know you. Praise God. It matters. Okay? It matters. This is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. And because you can never finish knowing God, maybe that's why there is no title for knowing God. Because we, we never graduate from the school. Praise the Lord. How many married people are here? You know, the, the women have mastered the men. That's why they, you know, they are called missus. But we, the same mister that we've been answering since we were born. Because we have not graduated in knowing them. In fact, before the woman marries you, she has mastered you. So they add extra to her name. Praise God. She was Miss and then she becomes what? Mrs. But you, you were Miss Tabby. After you marry, what are you? You have not graduated. <laughs> because they finished knowing us. But we were still in page one. Paragraph four. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, so knowledge of God, and, and that's what we want to do. And we want to start with, I trust that we might be able to just, you know, skip through the scriptures. But basically, let's look at Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, 26, this is where we come on the scene. The Bible says, then God said, let us what? Make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them have what? Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Praise the Lord. Now come with me to chapter 2. You're going to see something now. In chapter 2 from verse 8, they give us a bit of more details. And we're going to do some reading, so just be patient. We're going to read to the end. Chapter 2 verse 8 says, Then God, then the Lord God, planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight. Can we read together please? Okay, let's read together. So um, from verse 9. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four river heads. The name of the first suspicion, it is the one which sketched the whole land of Havila, where there is what? Gold. And the gold of that land is good. 
Bethlehem and the onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Kosh. The name of the third river is Hedeke. It is the one which goes toward the east of Assyria. The fourth river is the Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made it into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. 24. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. We're going to still continue reading, but I, I want to ask us if we saw something. Did you see the word good, good, good there? Did you see that there was good gold? That's money, right? Praise the Lord. That's money. Good gold. Not just gold. Good gold. Okay? Did you see that when the man needed companionship, he had companionship, but God said these ones are not good enough for man, isn't it? And God said, we've not found a helper that is what? Suitable for him. So God made one word that was good enough for the man. Okay? If you also look, you see that God also in the garden he planted. The trees, the Bible talked about the trees. How were the trees? They said the trees were what? Good for what? For food. Good for food. And then better still, taking it further, the trees were not just good for food. How many of us um, know this fruit? Sour soap. I don't know whether I was in the garden. Because it's good, they say it's good, it's, it's good, you know, it's an anti-cancer, you know, but it's ugly. I think maybe sin had affected it. Anyway, so I don't think <laughs> it was, but the trees that were there, show us the trees, please, go back, help me now. Go back to where the trees are. He said, and the Lord God, verse 9, Lord God made every tree, follow me, every tree grow, that is one. Pleasant to the sight and good for what? For food. You see, I want us to see what do you see of God in this? God is the author of beauty, God is the source of excellence, God is the source of everything good. Praise God. He's not against it, He's the one who created it. In fact, every pleasure possible 
that can be enjoyed by man was thought out by God. Praise God. Remember, he's the maker. The fact that you take your car and put reverse and hit the gate, that's not what they sent it for. You're supposed to use reverse to come out of your driveway. But if there's a reverse gear, it's the maker that puts it. The abuse is your own. Praise God. But the facility embedded in the car is the creator. I want us to see that God intended and created his world for man to be what? Good and enjoyable. Now look at what man's work was there. It was to do what? To tend and to keep it. The garden was already kept. How many of us have tended a garden here? What do you do? In the morning, you remove some of the leaves that are turning yellow, isn't it? You just do. Is it hard work? It's not hard work. It's sweet work. It's pleasurable work. That is the world that God created. And you know what? In Revelation, you go jump to Revelation now. The Bible begins to also tell us the world as it will be in the book of Revelation. It said in that place there will be no tears, no sorrow, no pain, no death. None of those things will be there. You know why? Because one more time, God will have everything what? The way God is. But you know the problem. In Genesis 1.26, God involved man. Let us make man. In our image, according to our likeness. If something is in your image and according to your likeness and you have given it dominion, can you do in spite of it? You have involved it. Praise God. And that's why for, for, the, for the unmarried here, listen, better decide what you want. If you want independence, just continue. We can ordain you, Reverend Father or Reverend Mother. But if you want to marry, Paul said those who marry, What's going to happen? He said they will have much affliction. Because once you say to the man, I do, you have entered. You say to the woman, I do, what has happened? You have entered. You see, it's no longer, you're no longer, and <laughs> do I have lawyers? You're no longer sole proprietorship. It becomes partnership of equal contribution. What it means is that if you want to go to Lagos and your wife says, I'm not going to Lagos, you will not arrive there. No, no, that, that is, it's reality. In fact, my, my dad say, used to say something. He said that people are in hell on earth. He said when you marry a bad woman, you have gone to hell here. But you marry a good woman, he said you have gone to heaven here. Are, are you understanding? Why? Because in marriage... The two become one. The two become one. Now, when God made man concerning earth, the two also joined together. Say, let us make man. Remember the Bible, the Apostle Paul telling us, says the relationship between Christ and the church is like what? The relationship between the man and the woman. The man and his wife. So, I want you to follow something here so you get it. So, it says, let us make man. A man became involved. Now, God said in that beautiful part we wrote, that beautiful uh, Genesis 2 now, when he planted the garden, he said to man, of every tree that is in this garden, what should you do? He said, enjoy it. You may freely eat of it. Everyone. Now, species of tree or trees, how many do you presume there are? 1,000, 2,000, millions, isn't it? And then God said, out of all of them, just one, don't eat it. 
But the very location where that one was, there's another one called the tree of life. Now, you see, I saw something there. Now, 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 it must have been a big place. It must have been a large place, a large environment. But the mercy of God said the tree of life was where? In the middle. What's the easiest place to locate? The middle. What was God's intention? That man will immediately what? Go and eat of the tree of life. And then he said to man, because you are made in my image, if I make all these things that I make, and I don't leave you an option to reject me, it becomes a kidnap. Some of us here, I hope your husband didn't kidnap you. Eh? You're married, eh? Not kidnapped. Because, you see, God had to leave man with the option of saying, I don't want. And that's why they put in the middle of the same garden world, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said to man, the day you eat of the fruit of that tree, then this thing will end. That's that word, die. It didn't mean you evaporate or you fire will consume. I mean, those are processes that will begin. But he said, this relationship will die the day you eat of it. But in God's heart, what was his desire? That man will go out, eat of the fruit of the tree of life. Now, notice something there. In that garden, the Bible said, there were of all kinds of fruits that were good for food. The tree of life, I don't know the answer. Maybe someone here will know. What was it good for? Are you getting what I'm saying? Verse 8 says, God breathed into the nostrils of man, what? The breath of life. And then he now put a tree of life. Life and life. What did the Bible say in John 10? 10? It said the thief did not come, but what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But have what? Come that you may what? Have life and then have it what? More abundantly. So we're going to study life. But there is life and then there is what? There is life. Even in the simple world. Without even going theological. You know there is life and there is life. Have you seen an old friend? He said, oh boy, they live life. You Are you dead? <laughs> You're not dead now. Praise the Lord. It's just that when you looked at his body. You know there is, there is a way God will prosper you. You see, eh? Israel, this is your skin. Eh? You're not dark. Oh. It's money that is the problem. <laughs> There's a, there's a level of, you know, enjoyment you get into. When you see the skin like this, it's like baby's the bottom. Mm. Just like that. It's money. You know, son doesn't beat him again. The AC is not Tokumbo. Every, everybody's alive, but that one, they chop. Uh-huh, they chop life. Okay? So the tree of life was there. And God's desire was that having had life, tasted it, what should you want? You should want more life. And that is why the average man just wants to get more. He wants to live. He wants, he wants to keep himself here. There is an innate desire, but I don't understand. We weren't told how long Adam and Eve spent in the garden. But for that whole period, they were busy eating only food. And our Lord Jesus Christ said to us, please labor not for the meat that perishes. Unfortunately, many of us Christians today are just consumed with food. Everything that we deal with God is food. We are asking for things that cannot be transferred, that cannot bring eternity, things that don't last. I want you to do a little bit of check. 
you know, look at your life and the things that have been a bother to you for the past 15 years. How many of them are you still jumping over? If you bought Honda Hala or you desired it and God blessed you with it, do you still want God to bless you with the same Honda Hala? It would almost be a cause, have Why? But it was a desire at one time. You know, food, our Lord Jesus captured the way. He said, labor not for the food that won. Anything that I can get today that will not be a testimony in 10 years' time is food. And that was what Adam and Eve were, you know, busy eating. They were just eating food that would get into their system, you know, after three hours, after six hours, you know, depending if it's yam, I think it's after how many days, you know. If it's up, how many eat up here? Up, I must take about two weeks. I don't know how how people like. <laughs> you know, if it's uh, Amalani, we do five seconds. You just the thing will enter and just come out like that. You know, they were just busy, just eating food and living life. Now, the danger of just eating food is that you're not safe because in everything was still beautiful. Praise God. And God used to come down and fellowship with them. Everything was beautiful. But now in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible said the serpent was what? The most cunning of all the animals God had made. The serpent has seen that these people don't have understanding of what is happening here. They don't know what is going on here. They think this thing is about a car and house and husband and wife. They don't know there is something that I lost. They don't know there is something at stake. So he came down to them and he visited the woman. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And he said to man, put the living Bible. Let's see the way he put it. I think the first word he said was really. Yes, the serpent was the craftiest of all the creatures the Lord God had made. So the serpent came to the woman and said, really? You know how someone wants to start correct this? He said, really? He said, what, really? He said, Really? Really? Can you see? Let's read. What's the next one? He said, none of the fruits in the garden. No, no, no. You're, you're reading it now. You see how it sounds? Absurd. None of the fruit in the garden. Really? God says you mustn't eat any of it. Now, now, look at this conversation. At this point, there should be no deal, isn't it? How can you compare? God said of every tree, of every, the fruit of every tree, what will happen? Freely eat. And then the devil comes and says, none. Can you see how clear his lie is to you? You know why? Past question papers are always easy. Past question papers. How many of us have reviewed past? As you're looking there, ah, this, uh, this physics is not hard. This statistics is not hard. Ah, ah, hey, it was easier in their time. You're just solving it. When you see your own like this, I think maybe the exam environment makes simple things hard. You know, but you come out, those who are looking at you and say, ah, your own was not hard to. Okay, but we see how clear it is. The serpent said to him, he said, no, how can God, you know why? The Bible says he's a liar. And you see, he's the father of lies. When he speaks a lie, you see, he speaks it like the spider. The spider does not fetch anything to create its web. It comes out of its own. It's, can you imagine the difference? And now you imagine what folly, what happened to this woman that she engaged in this conversation. What happened? He said, none. Whereas God said, every. None. And God said, every. And then the conversation went on. Let's see verse, verse 2. And the woman said, Thinking herself to be, you know, 
sharp now. She said what? Of course we may what? Eat it. The woman told him, it's only the fruit from the tree at the center of the garden that we are not what? To eat. God says we mustn't eat it or even what? Touch it or we will die. Now, you see how this thing is changing. I want you to follow me. Because what we are learning today is knowledge of God, isn't it? First of all, we have seen here that the devil can lie where there is no reason. It's something you must understand. And the earlier you understand it, the better for you in your work as a Christian. You see, know what happens to many of us is this. It works favorably and it works unfavorably. You judge many times people at your level. So, if I really wanted to tell um, Israel a lie, it should be a lie that should benefit me. It should be a lie that, you know, you know, I can tell him something that will be, you know, that will have some truth in it, isn't it? And then I just put 5% lie so I can get profit. But because we are like that, when the devil tells us something, we think he's like us. No, the devil can lie from nowhere. You can turn around and say, she just did work her to you. Meanwhile, the lady was praising the Lord. And then immediately, because you think that there must be a reason, he said, no wonder, because yes, two years ago, when I was passing, you know, I think my car splashed water on her. That must be the reason after two years. You see, because you have heard the devil and you have thought he's not crazy. The devil is crazier than crazy. I get him. He says to you, you will never amount to anything. You see, it may make sense so because my grandfather was ended up pan wine tapper. My uh, father himself ended up a pan wine seller. You know, how, do I, how dare I imagine I'll become chief? Is someone getting what I'm saying? We, we credit him with reason. He, 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 someone that rebelled against God, can he be reasonable? The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, well, there is no God. Who is the chiefest of fools? Is the serpent, is the devil. Because he had the greatest of privilege and misused it. So he speaks for no reason and for he just throws his darts and hopes that he will catch somebody. At this point, this woman should not have continued discussing. And you see, it's interesting, it's a woman that they spoke to. I don't know if you've seen this cartoon, okay? And in this cartoon, a woman was standing before the mirror. And this woman was very okay, you know, just very okay. But what she was seeing in the mirror was one madame like this. Hey. Then they showed the man before the mirror. The man was like, uh, the man was like, Pastor Law, my wife has helped me. And then you know what he was seeing in the mirror? He was seeing Dwayne Johnson. Now, what is happening here? The devil knows that the woman, even if the man saw himself as a, uh, Babasala, he doesn't move him. Praise the Lord. But the devil, knowing that the woman is concerned about what people think of how she looks, creates an imagination. Why do women make up? They're not satisfied. They want to improve. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the makeup is having stages. Somebody said, somebody said that in the past, they used to use pencil and um, dark pencil, HB and 2B, to make up. Now there is mortar, there is cement. <laughs> they use building material. In some cases, they use ladder. They use ladder and hold this one up. <laughs> you 
You know, because the devil keeps the devil keeps telling them lies. You see, these are discussions you shouldn't get into. Just don't miss my point. Are you with me? I want you to see how far off the enemy is from who God is. God looks at you. Are we? Is it not human beings that said, monkey said, my baby no fine body, mama what? Now, the God who made you, are you thinking he needs you with makeup? Are you thinking he bothers whether you're size 1 or size 50? He loves you. Are you getting what I'm saying? The devil is a liar. All that pressure. All, there, there is no basis for it. There's no basis. He rejoices over you with love. That's the God who made you. But the serpent is still flying the same kite. You know, he just comes and you see the person, she's depressed, you know, downcast. Don't worry, men have their own as the spirit list will get there. You're, you're just depressed and downcast, you know, and you're wondering what happened, brother? What is going on, sister? What is going on? The devil has flown one life from nowhere. And the counter, what did Paul tell us in Ephesians? He said we should quench every fiery dart of the enemy with what? The shield of faith. What is faith? What God said. What God said. So at this point, when serpent started saying no, he should have said, don't worry. You're not the one introducing me to my world. You're a creature as well as I am. Let me find out what my creator said. And what did the creator say? Of every tree... In the garden, what should you do? You may freely eat. But the devil succeeded in enlarging one to become bigger than the rest. Enlarging one, one fruit. And it gets more interesting, Sazo. Now, see what she said there. Look at what Eve said. Eve said, but only the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good, that is in the middle. Now, let's see the tree, what God said was in the middle. Go back to Genesis 2. Let's see what is in the middle. Go back to verse, verse 9. Verse 9. The second passage, the tree of life was where? Also in the middle of the garden. Now, what does Eve say? Eve says, look, look at what Eve says. Eve says, Genesis 3, 3. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden. At this point, you know what had happened? The tree of life was no longer in her memory. I want us today, this day, praise God, to bring the goodness of God back in our hardware. Bring it back in our mind. That's why we looked on Wednesday. He said, said, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things of good report, whatsoever things are praiseworthy. He said what? Meditate on this thing. This woman has stopped meditating. That's why the tree of life was, it was still there. You, you will imagine at this point that the tree of life had been taken away. But you will see, thank God for the Holy Spirit. It was after the fall, after they had fallen, that God said, let's shield that tree. It was there all the while. Why didn't they see it? Child of God is the same way when you and I are facing situations and circumstances. And we don't see that God has a plan. The Bible says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. There are thoughts of good and what? Not of evil. To bring you to a future and to an expected end. And somebody might be thinking, ah, but no. It's there. God has a plan. Listen, who started you up? The Bible says he who began what? The good work in you. Listen, things may have gone awry, but God started a good work. And that same God is Alpha 
and he's also what? Omega. He hasn't surrendered. He hasn't relinquished authority. He's still in charge. But you must bring his consciousness in every situation. And that's what we saw with Job. Job said, I, things are tied. Think, I can't even explain what is going on. But I know that my Redeemer lives. Anybody with that anchor, the devil cannot get anything on him. Before the devil can get a Christian down, you know, people are committing suicide here and there. They must buy the lie that God has no plan. But I've come to tell somebody here, when it is left to God, the plan is perfect. When it's voice, it's my mistake. But thank God for repentance. Because when I return to him, he turns things around. That's the God we serve. He's a good God. He, he, he looked at it. I, I, I mean, I saw this. I said, Lord, have mercy on us. Everything good. He was so detailed that he even made it good for sight. That's aesthetics. You know, so I mean, God must be the God of architects, isn't it? In architects want to do space of four meters by four meters. It should cost 5,000 naira. But because of aesthetics, it costs 50,000. Because I tell you, if, if it's like that, they see Max will just frown his face. You know, Georgie will frown their face. I said, but this is what we need. We need space. They say, no, pastor. We have to add some beauty. They must have learned that from God. Because if I were God, I would just give you food. I mean, why should I decorate it and, you know, put some things around? But that is the extent of the goodness of the God you serve. He's a God that is excellent. He's a God that is beautiful. He's a God that thinks wonderful thoughts towards you. So child of God, what is the problem? The problem is this. When you and I, because we're involved, when we open the door for the enemy to come into the relationship that should be private, personal between us and God, then all kinds of things will begin to happen. Genesis, the story would have continued beautifully. If not for Genesis 3. But thank God, like we heard, for the gospel. Praise the Lord. Because Jesus Christ came and did what? When he came, he also turned everything around. But let me still point something, okay? Let me still point something that we must get here. When Jesus came, let's even before Jesus came, let somebody read for me Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. You know, something that we must speak here as believers, especially those of us that are in church and hearing the word of the Lord. We see what is happening here. This is, I believe, Joshua speaking now. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've said before you what? Life and death, blessing and what? Cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. You, you see something like this and you're wondering, if there is life and death, why don't you just shut out death and let us have only the option of life? He can't. God can't. God won't. You know why? Because we are made in his image and his likeness. What makes God God is that he wills of his own. And you must be able to will. That's why you come into church, you're a born again Christian, you know, you've surrendered your life to Christ. You must determine. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? But the Bible went on to say, who do not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the best, yes, wonderful. But you know what? Even after you're born again, you still have a choice. And listen to me. That choice is not for the pastor. That choice is not for your friends. It's not for your family. It is your choice. It's your choice. People sometimes, you know, can have this um, mentality. 
where you just have to save everybody around you. Everybody around you has to become this and that and that. Listen, it's okay to have a burden, you know, for, for family, for friends, for parents, for children, for, you know, associates and all of that. It's wonderful to have a burden. But just know that Jesus said the student cannot be greater than the teacher. Jesus could not make Judas repent. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that, that the pastor that Adam and Eve had was God? The congregation wasn't even much, just two. Where I'm going here is that I want you to leave church today making a choice for yourself. Because what I've found over time, okay, is that once somebody feels he's doing something because of you, he doesn't do it well. Once somebody feels, I, I, I'm, I'm doing this thing, I'm, I'm doing this thing because my wife said I should, you don't do it well. But when you get the revelation that this thing you're doing what is for you, you don't get born again for the pastor. You don't get born again for your parents. You don't get, no, you don't do all of that. You don't even live, you know, holy, a holy life for anybody. No, it's not. It's for you. It's your choice. It's your choice. So the servant of God said, I said before you what? Blessing and cursing, life and death. Thank God he put the good one first. In case you just want to run quickly and pick. He said life. He said, said what? Well, choose life. Choose life. And then the next verse tells us when you choose life, what does it do? It says that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him. Why? Because he's your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which is what to your father. He said life is better. Brethren, the problem we have in our world, we've said it here several, is because more people are choosing evil. I saw somewhere, I don't know whether it was Singapore or one of these countries, and they said mothers leave their babies in strollers outside and go shopping because the place is so safe. They leave their babies in strollers. In Singapore is where somebody many years ago forgot his phone somewhere. South Korea, yes. Forgot his phone somewhere. And, you know, I think after a day or so, he went back, the phone was just there. The only thing that changed is that battery had died. You know why? I mean, there are less thieves there. But even in church here, there is a way you be in the spirit. Somebody who is in the flesh. You know, you're in the spirit going up. The person who is going to hell will just put his hand on. And then you say hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody is shouting hallelujah. But the choice where you want to end up is your own. That's what you must understand. And it must free you. So even for those who are married, because sometimes, you know, we can over expect something from someone. He said, but your husband, your, your wife, no. As in as much as your husband and wife, you're still two separate entities that came together. The same way Adam became one with God, but God could not stop Adam from falling. It's a choice you must make. You see, we're learning God, isn't it? There are some things I wish God could compel me to do, but he won't compel me to do it. He will only guide me. He will only show me. He will only illuminate for me the end. The Bible says there's a path that seems right to a man, but what? The end leads to destruction. The Bible says, you know, it says the path that leads to life is what? Narrow. And the gate is what? Straight. It says, and there be what? Few that find it. I mean, with the omnipotence of God, he should have made sure that the path that leads to life is what? Wide. But it's still choice. This is part of the knowledge of God. Are you with me? It's like, like the, the story I read somewhere. I think it was John Hager. I can't remember who told the story. It said a woman who was on a diet program, okay, told God that, God, please, I don't want to buy this um, hamburger or, or whatever it was. So when I go to this McDonald's, let there be no parking space. No parking space. 
No, not just that she went. Hear the full story. So when she went, the first time she turned, there was no parking space. So she said, again, Lord, after the 11th time, <laughs> after the 11th time, there was parking space. So she went and bought her hamburger because God had what? Unquote, created pack. I mean, praise the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this is part of the knowledge of God. God made all things beautiful. His word left to himself is beautiful, excellent. But he has involved you and he won't force you. You have to make the choice. Now, choice is influenced by several things. Choice is influenced by knowledge, by factors. But interestingly, somehow you find that even where the factors are clear, we still choose foolishly. One regret I have as an old man now is that I didn't make first class. Listen to me. First class is not a big deal, though. He just needed to, to know that it will matter 30 years after you leave school. That the things you thought mattered then won't matter. You know, all that bouncing into class late. Yeah. They, uh, oh boy, after five years, seven, it don't matter again. But until my, I, I, I love a friend of mine died recently, even in his funeral announcement, they put he had first class. So even until when he died, nobody when he died would say, ah, this guy was a cool guy. He was the bad, he danced the. No. These are things before us. Praise God. Who didn't know there was first? You knew, but I mean, to you then it made no sense. But now that is the things of this life. But what about the things of eternal life? We started from saying, Jesus said, labor not for the meat that perishes. How can it be now at my stage and your stage as a Christian? Assuming Jesus were to arrive now and say, let's line up for first classes. How many will say, by the mercy of God? I'm a first class believer. Let me go for the crown. Can you say that? Don't you know what he wants? How many souls have you won? What have you given for? We've been announcing media, 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 media here. The money in your pocket is busy buying. Is buying gold. Is buying tire. Is buying concrete. Is buying everything. You know, you're not hearing it. The day they start rewarding, I say, ah, I could have done it too. I could have done it. But now is the time to do it. To make the choice and do it. God won't compel you. Praise the Lord. He sets the path for you. So the prophet here, the man of God said here, I said before you, blessing and curse. Every time before us, there is a choice to be made. And God's word is a world of free choices. You have the choice to love. You have the choice to forgive. But you can decide to hate and you can decide to walk in unforgiveness. You have the choice. And God Almighty is there. You know why he's not bothered? It's like someone who lives in Nigeria. You know, traffic lights in Nigeria are subject to police car by the side and uh, road safety car. So you obey traffic light if you see road safety or police vehicle. In fact, let me advise us, church, please. When you don't see those vehicles, even if you're obeying, still be very humble. Because there are those who won't obey. The other day I was by a traffic light. And one car just came, was beeping, beeping. I, I was thinking maybe he wanted to... I didn't know what it is. So I just shifted a bit. The way the car zoomed, I said, this guy is bold though. He said, because here, once you don't see police and you don't see road safety, what? It's green. It's green. But you go to London, no police, no roads, no car even. And then you see red, you pass. After two weeks, May will come. Picture of the car, time, everything. So they don't need police to stand. You know why? They will catch you. The bogeyman is going to 
get the bad people, not you. Praise the Lord. The same way, because God has an eternity to bring everybody to account, he's not micromanaging us. He has made wisdom available. He has made instruction available. All he keeps saying is that, I'm coming, oh, and my reward is what? It's with me. I'm coming. So what is the message of the preacher? The message of the preacher is to keep telling people the goodness of God, the standards of God, the plans of God, the coming of God, that all these things at a time, everybody will give account. And also, yes, please, to let you know that the devil has nothing. He's a noisemaker. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. That's what we do. We tell you the truth. But then to make the choice, you know, to make the choice, no, nobody. There, there are some things people tell you and you just wonder. Someone is, you know, is wondering why, you know, God is not blessing me. You know, what is going on? You know, no, no wife or husband. Let me mix it up. You know, no, no money in my business. And then you ask the person, for, for 10 years you've been born again. What have you done for God? And the person say, well, God, do they do things for God? And you're wondering. Oh, oh, oh. So, so. God is existing, just is not a relationship. No, now, praise the Lord. I mean, we don't take it to the extreme where someone, one pastor, the way he used to do counseling in those days. And we may have to learn from him because there is wisdom in what he used to do. If people come to him and narrate their problems, enumerate problem, problem one, two, three. When you finish, the first thing he says, how much is your tithe? Are you consistent in your tithe? Are you paying? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, now, that's not what, where we're going to. But the truth is this. If God has said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why are you breaking his commandments and then you're trying to get him to love you? Is he blind? Praise the Lord. You want God to prosper you financially? I mean, there's not a big deal. It was God. Before man knew there was a need for gold, he put gold in his word, isn't it? Prosperity is his plan. But what are you doing with the one that you have? Didn't the Bible say Give. And it shall be given to you. Good measure. Press down. What? Shaking together and running over. Now you've not done the first one. But you're lamenting that nobody's giving. Didn't he say seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And then what? All these other things. But you, you said please let his kingdom wait. There Pastor Ikena is there. Mommy Chi is there. Our Pastor Chris. All, all, let them be seeking. My own is what? Let me get the other things. And not as if you're getting the other things to bring so that it will be used to seek his kingdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? And God is there looking at you. You know what? He can't compel you because know you know that you are a God as well. Your choices are also before you. His promises are there. Yes, you claim his promises. And he watches over his word to perform it. But then the Bible says the scriptures can't be broken. So he can't decide to claim A, jump B, C is nice. Ah, D is very nice. But E, F, G, H. No, 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 you don't like them. You, you can't do that now. Praise the Lord. You won't get away with that in, even in a human environment. So he leaves you to make your choice, but the facts are clear. You know, I think it was, um, we are praying yesterday, and someone was praying about the way people come into church. God watches how you come to church. He watches the attitude with which you come to church. Even the, the way some people sit in church will tell you that they have not seen God. How can you sit in church as if you're sitting in your living room, and then not even living room, massage parlor? You just sit like this, bring out your stomach, keep one leg here, keep the other leg here. God be talking, let me know what you, whether you make sense today. No, now, you, you come into his presence with honor, with reverence. 
Praise the Lord. He's not a man. He's God Almighty. Praise the Lord. He's the God of all flesh, the Father of all spirit. You, you come, even from your car, you come in with expectation. You come in with humility. You come to worship your maker. He's your maker. He's the one who made you. Praise the Lord. So there's a way you behave in his presence, showing that you know that he's there. Now, for some places, they might, you know, put some compulsions on how you behave. But you see, what that does is this. It keeps you on the outside in a way that you're not on the inside. And I'm one of those who want, I love liberty. Praise God. I love liberty, not just for myself, but for everybody. I love liberty. Can I ask my, I love liberty for everybody that I deal with. Let people manifest because, you see, it's better for everybody. It's better for everybody. Just do how you feel so that where there's problem, we'll see it on time. You know, so we don't make laws to compel. So Deuteronomy said, choose. I, I said this before you, you know. And then in John chapter 1, telling us about our Lord Jesus Christ. From verse 10, John chapter 1 from verse 10. You, you now think that Jesus has come. I mean, some of these things, if I had an option, I would have suggested to God otherwise. But then in John chapter 1, from verse 10, he said, he was in the world. This is the creator. And the world was made through him. And the world did not know him. Okay? But he came to his own, and his own what? Did not receive him. How can? Praise the Lord. Ah, you teach that child a lesson. Teach the world a lesson. Your God is here now. Praise the Lord. That's what he should have done. I mean, wouldn't we have preferred that? But the Bible says, no, there's time. Because the Bible makes sure and says that at the mention of the name of Jesus, what will happen? Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. But now you're free. You can do it now by choice. But a time will come by compulsion. Everybody must. Mark 16, 16 in particular. Mark 16, 16. It says, okay, put 15 together, please. It says, go into all the world. 15. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay. Now look at 16. 16 says, he who believes and is what? Baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will become. Ah, who should leave them the option of, after hearing? They must believe by force. Isn't that what should make sense? But that's not God. That's not God. And where we learn these things, brethren, is this. It's not everything that you don't like that is not good for you. There are some things you're refusing now that is what you need. Praise the Lord somebody. You see, when you read the Bible, you must break it down. It says, go into all the world and preach what? The gospel to every creature. Do you imagine that somebody, now you're born again, and you can't understand why someone will not be receive the gospel, isn't it? But the same way, are there things that are good for me now, that is saying to me, that I'm shrugging my shoulders off? That's where we're going to. Because God will not force you. God wants the best for you, but he will never compel you. Man may, institutions may, but God will never. So it says, preach the gospel. And when you preach it to them, some will hear it and say no. If I were the designer of the word, if you hear, you have entered. Praise the Lord. You must be saved by force. But no, that's not God. Because his love. Praise the Lord. His love. So he won't force you. What am I trying to encourage us this morning? Is that please, let's leave the devil where he is as a liar. Let's believe God. Because all this that we're saying, brethren, if we believe the goodness of God, to love him will be sweet. To obey him will be sweet. To walk in his prosperity, in his promises, will be very easy. The challenge is that we don't believe what he has said. And we don't believe who he has said to us. Imagine God calls 12 tribes. 
And he says to Moses, give them inheritance. Give them inheritance. When they get into the promise, give them inheritance. And then he says to the Levites, they won't give you land though. They won't give you land. Moses goes to them and announces. They say, um, ah, Sister Irene, the Lord says, you know, $1 million, $1 million, $1 million, $1 million. Because your Israel have used it too much, $2 million, you know. And I'm just a sugar. I come to Mommy Chi, I say, Mommy Chi, the Lord said, I'm your inheritance. <laughs> do, do you understand? Ah, you say, hey, Jehovah. <laughs> Jehovah. What is good? Do you understand? What, what has happened? All these ones that are holding their own, isn't it? And then God is, you know, posting you. But where is he posting them to? Pastor, De- there was something Pastor Dave was explaining. He said when the Jews began to reconcile their records, you know, this coming back now, they found out that was, it was only the tribe of the Levites, I hope I'm correct, please, that it was only the tribe of the Levites, that their DNA and every trace of their tribe was still intact. Because when God is your inheritance, what makes land valuable is that it lasts, is a good store of value. Praise the Lord. So it's length that measures it. You and I worship a God who inhabits eternity. Let's rise on our feet. Let's tell him, Lord, I will trust in you. Lord, I will worship you. Lord, you are good. Every plan of yours for me is good. I want somebody to tell the devil, no conversation with you. No discussion with you. You are my inheritance and my reward. You are my God. I want you to go beyond. I want somebody to believe the goodness of God. Are there things that the enemy has told you? Well, this and this and that. He's a liar. Shut him out. Jehovah loves you. The Bible says God commended his love towards you and I. That while we are yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. We serve a God who loves us. The death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus is an expression of that love. But it hasn't stopped the devil from lying. How can the devil say to you, a born-again Christian, God doesn't love you because you lost your job? How can he say to you, God doesn't love you because a man did not marry you? He broke the, 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 the engagement and therefore you are forsaken. How can such a lie hold water? We serve the mighty God who has promised himself who has given of himself who has planned wonderful things excellent things beautiful things for us this morning I want you to tell him Lord you are good Lord you are good to me you are my God you are my God are there circumstances and conditions that are unfavorable that I'm experiencing I will exalt you above all I will magnify above every one of them because you are better, because you have plans. It says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They are thoughts of good. This is the God we are serving. The only enemy you have is the devil. And that is the very one that is trying to convince you to come into his side. But today we are saying, no, no. We will not give you an inch. The Bible says, do not give place to the devil. I will not tolerate. Yes, I'm born a Nigerian, but it doesn't mean God has forsaken me. Oh, Nigeria is going through trials, but it doesn't mean God has forsaken. Because he's a good God. What I see is not his best plan. And if I cooperate with him, if I enter into him, if I follow him, he will turn things around. Because God turns things around. 
this morning I want you to just enter in your own very peculiar scenario I want you to see the goodness of God I want you to see the plan of God I want you to see God's plan to glorify himself in your very life not in your neighbor's life to see to it that your name your life will be for the praise of his glory that men will learn of you and say see and see and see how God has honored himself in this life I want you to trust him I want you to give him that credit the Bible says he that comes to God must believe that he is and he's the rewarder there are some persons in church today and life has been extremely trying for you maybe it's in a relationship maybe it's concerning a bodily affliction maybe it's even your finances but I want you to leave church this month with a determination that you will not discuss it with the devil the devil has no good plan the devil has no option the devil has no suggestion he has nothing everything good comes from God everything beautiful comes from God and this is the father's will for you this is his plan for you he wants you to come in into what he has so freely given brethren God is good and he's good to you he's good to you he, the Bible says abounding in goodness where the, the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard why you are going away running contrary to the only one that is good the world is not good is a desperate world the devil is not good he's a wicked forsaken condemned devil but God is good will you come back to him maybe maybe you are backslidden maybe your work with God you, you have been feeling abandoned you know people say I, I'm going through so much trouble and I decided to take time time off from work this is the time you should run to him this is where you should go and sit at his feet this is when you should make sure that every word that comes out of his mouth is distilling into your ears this morning I want you to see the God that you serve he's a good God he's a beautiful savior he's a wonderful God He's considerate. He's compassionate. He's patient. He's the one who made you. Do you know that every righteous desire that is inside of you, the Lord your God is the one who permitted it to be there. And he says, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or imagine. Yes, he says, I can bring you out of that circumstance. I can set your feet upon the rock. Yes, I can establish you. God has Hannah. Hannah said, this God is awesome. He's the one that takes from the dunghill and sets amongst princes. He's the one that makes the, the barren woman a joyful mother of seven. That is the God we serve. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we exhort you today. Be thou magnified. Be thou magnified. I will trust in you. I will worship you all of my days. You are my God. You are my God. Father, we are thanking you. Father, we thank you. Our God, we thank you. We, we want to appreciate you for the word that you have spoken to us. Now, now I want us to do something now. Um, the, the Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. I want you today, this very day, I think today is what, 19th. I, I want you to tell God what you believe that he is. Depending on your situation now. Are you sick in the body? Then let him know that you see him as a healer. He's a healer. Are you in need of direction? He's a counselor. 
Is the door blocked? You can't see any way out. Tell him he's a way maker. This was what the, the battle that the serpent took to Eve. He said, God is unjust. He wants to keep God. T tell him you are my maker. I want you to go to God now and confess some things to him. Tell him this is who you are. He said to Moses, tell them I am that I am. Tell the Lord today, today, this morning in his house. Tell him, Lord, the, the Bible says concerning Sarah, say, judge him faithful. Today, I want you to tell God you are more than able. And for each and every one of us, for this nation, we are saying God is able. God is greater. God is stronger. God is mightier. He can handle the circumstances of this nation. He can turn things around. He's greater than every cabal. Stronger than every ISIS. Mightier than every terrorist. Than the kidnappers. He's a big God. He's the God before whom nothing can be hidden. Everywhere they are hideout is our God sees it. And he's a deliverer. Where are you? Whatever you are. Tell God I know. Somebody tell him I know you are touched by the feeling of my infirmities. I don't serve a God that is far. You are concerned about me. Your thoughts are towards me. Remind him brethren, do you know that, that Adam did not pray? Adam had no prayer request. Whatever he needed God anticipated it. Tell him I know you love me. Do you know God loves you more than you love yourself? God loves you more than you, much more than you can imagine. He's interested in you. Is it emotion? Things of the heart, things of the mind, things of the body, something at work. Let him know that he will he can handle it. You judge him faithful. That's what it means to worship God. When you trust him to be God, 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 to be God. I'm now begin to thank him. Begin to thank him because for everything you have said he is, he's much more than that. For everything you have said he is, he's much more than that. Yes, our God is bigger. I can tell you, this God is bigger. The psalmist said, he anoints my head and my cup runs over. He's a protector. Somebody is worried about protection. This God is a keeper. He will hide you in the secret of his tabernacle. He hides you there. This is the God that we serve. Thank him. He can do that and more. He can do that and more. You don't see any way out. You look to the left, you look to the right. The psalmist said, no, I will lift up my eyes beyond the hills. That's where my help comes from. I can't see help around, but I can see my God. He will come and save me. He will come and make a way. He is God. I want you to talk to him today. He's the one you came to worship. He's the mighty God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the miracle-working God. He's the way-making God. He's the deliverer God. He's the God that answers prayers. Lord, we worship you. Bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him. Thank you, Jesus. And finally, I want you one more time. I know you may have done this several times. I want you to pledge your heart to this God. Tell him, God, Lord, I offer from the depth of my being without reservation. I give my life to you to follow you the, the, the Bible says of Caleb it said Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly Lord I want to give of everything that I am my life 
my resources, my money, my gifting, my time, my talent, my position, everything that I am. Tell the Lord, from today, I will not deceive myself. I will worship you. I will be known as your worshiper. When people look at my life, they'll say, this one trusts in God. My confidence in you will be known. It will be known. I will trust in you. I will. I will serve you. And serve my world. I will serve you. Because you are worthy. Tell him you are worthy. Everything you ask of me. Oh yes, I will. I will. I will. Everything, Lord. I offer to you. I offer to you. You're a good, good father. I offer to you. Because you're good. Because you're good. It's who you are. It's who you are. I, I don't hide it from you. I can trust you. I can give my life to you. You will take care of me. You will take care of me. You're a good, good father. And I'm loved by you. I'm loved by you. The believers are loved by him. In fact, the world is loved by him. But as a believer, I've entered into his love. You will not leave me alone. You will not abandon me. You cannot forsake me. I'm the object of your love. You have my name inscribed upon the palms of your hand. You have numbered the hairs of my head. You continually think over me. What is that? Who can separate me from that love? Lord, you love me. And I will love you. I will love you. And I will worship you. I will worship you. My life I give to you. Everything, Lord, I surrender to you. Receive it, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, we'll bless you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.